fast. You got to make the morning last just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. Hello. Hello. Uh, welcome to Yoga for the Revolution, a show about self-care in the age of resistance. Today we're going to talk about yin, both as a concept and as a yoga style, and why it can help serve as an antidote to our modern world. I'll serve up a brief grounding yin breath practice at the end as well. I've just started teaching a regular yin yoga class, and it's so different and so challenging in so many ways that I wanted to dive into it a little bit here. I'm going to start with a pretty random story, which I think will make sense once we get into it. My husband and I went to a baseball game, and there's a chant. Very simple, let's go Mets. Those are the only words in the chant, and you just repeat it over and over again. I'm going to embarrass myself and do it a little bit here. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. That's it. There are three words, a pause, and then it repeats. This is the way this chant has been going since the dawn of time. So recently, maybe this started last year, but now whenever that chant goes on in the stadium, inevitably some dude adds a woo, like a deep-throated, kind of guttural, aggressive bark where the pause used to be. Let's go Mets, woo, let's go Mets, woo, like that. And it annoys the crap out of me. And I think I know why. Because shut up, dude. That guy, and yes, it's always a guy, has decided that his barbaric yelp is more important than silence. His voice is more important than the pause. And that really pisses me off. Let there be a pause. Let there be a small moment of silence. Your barking is not an improvement on silence. And this is the world we live in. We've decided collectively that any noise is better than no noise. And also with the current climate, just any dude making an aggressive noise really gets under my skin. And I kind of want to punch him in the face. This also happens to Sweet Caroline. Just shut up, everyone. We hate silence. So in this context, let's talk about yin. First of all, what is yin? Most of us have heard of yin yang or yin yang or have seen the black and white circle. In very simple terms, the symbol and the concept of yin yang comes from Chinese philosophy and puts forth that two opposite forces or forces that appear opposite may in fact be complementary and interdependent. The light needs the darkness, the darkness needs the light. And in fact, one always has just a skosh of the other within it. Traditionally, the yang, and I say yang, I know technically it's yang, but it's like trying to say croissant with a French accent. It just doesn't work for me, so you'll have to forgive me if I pronounce it like someone from Long Island. Traditionally, the yang is considered the solar active part, and the yin is the more lunar resting or passive part. To have a full and complete life, a healthy life, we must have both. And as we know, in the Western world, we prize yang fast-moving, active, heated, aggressive, male-dominated energy. And we tend to ignore yin a little bit, the resting, cooler, softer, more female energy. As I talk about this, I just keep on having flashes of the Kavanaugh hearing and talk about yin and yang. 
if you are familiar, I'm going to rein it in. I'm going to try not to go there right now. But if you are familiar with Ayurveda or have heard me talk about it here on the show, you might think of yang as more pitta, hot, active, metabolizing energy, and yin as more kapha, building, supporting, cooling, resting energy. Or if you remember Rajas and Thomas, Rajas is more passionate, active, mobile. Thomas is cooler, darker, more dense, solid, resting. And Sattva is harmonious, equal balance. So today we'll stick to yin and yang, but know that there's overlap within all of these ideas. Yin yoga started, okay, already started is a little bit troublesome, but the actual physical practice was initially called Taoist yoga, which is a yoga style that targets the deep connective tissues of the body. In a yin practice, you're asked to relax into a posture, soften the muscle, not move around a heck of a lot for two, three, up to 10 minutes or longer, which is tough because then it becomes yoga posture plus meditation. You've got time to feel to inquire, to get up close and personal with sensation and emotion in a way that's not necessarily required in a vinyasa or a faster flow class. In this kind of class, there's no running away into the next posture. You have to be still and hang out with whatever comes up, which can be a real challenge. Let's get into the tissues a little bit and talk about what this kind of yoga is targeting. I'll link to an article in the show notes from Kripalu, which I think does a good job of explaining all of this, but here's a quick review. Yang yoga strengthens yang tissues. The muscles, which are soft, superficial, and elastic, muscles respond to movement, repetition, and rhythm by getting longer or contracting and warming up. In yin yoga, we relax the muscles in order to, they talk about it like getting closer to the bone, or, or working within the joints themselves to preserve, enhance, restore range of motion in the joints. Yin yoga also works with yin tissues, the bones, ligaments, the fascia, the deeper, denser, more hidden connective tissue. So let's now take a step deeper and talk for a second about fascia. Every muscle cell is wrapped in fascia. Every muscle tissue, bundle, and group, and every joint is layered in fascia. I've heard it described that overnight, the body shrink wraps itself through contracting the fascia, and that's why it feels so good to yawn and stretch in the morning. The first time I ever heard about fascia or learned anything about fascia was maybe 15 years ago uh, when I was in massage school. And the way I thought about it was like this. You know, the plastic netting bag, like the plastic, yeah, netted bag that clementines come in for some reason, firehouses at Christmas time spring to mind, that kind of mesh, that's the fascia. And it exists over every muscular surface in the body. It connects everything. If you had a body standing up and removed all the bones and all the muscles, just if you removed them like magic, poof, they disappeared you'd still have standing a form of a human being because of the fascia. It's just throughout the whole body. So like ligaments and tendons, fascia are made of collagen fiber, connective tissue. But instead of connecting muscle to bone, they surround muscles and other structures. And they come in layers, superficial, deep, and visceral, which surrounds you know, visera, right, the organs. And it's pretty sticky, 
So imagine you have this fascia surrounding your muscles. Then you do some repetitive movement like walk or type or sit in a certain way. You do the same thing over and over and over for years and years and years. And eventually the fascia, the sticky surrounding tissue, starts to stick together. It sticks to itself. So imagine again that mesh plastic bag of clementines. You take the clementines out and then you twist the mesh, the bag, over and over again. Eventually it's going to get stuck like that. And that's what happens in the bodies. Fun. So this is what we're talking about when we talk about working with the fascia. I'm pausing here to say thank you for listening to the show. You can find us on the website yogafortherevolution.org. All our past and future episodes are there along with a way to subscribe. In case you didn't know, subscribing is free. You can go to yogafortherevolution.org, click on subscribe in the top nav, and then find your podcast provider of choice, whether that's Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, whatever it is. If you're on a desktop, it'll take you to the web version of that podcast player. I know on iTunes, it'll ask you to view in iTunes. Those will be the words. And once you're there, you can subscribe. And when you do, all the episodes will show up every week without you having to do anything. From that same place, you can leave a review. Ta-da! Just click on the ratings and reviews and add some stars or some kind words. Facebook is facebook.com slash yoga for the revolution. Instagram is yoga for the revolution. And Twitter is Y underscore F underscore T underscore R. Back to the fascia and yin. Yeah. So now we have this maybe very basic understanding of fascia. How do we relate this back to yin? You can imagine how vinyasa yoga or flow yoga will work muscles. Also works the lungs. It's cardiovascular. But imagine your sticky, tight bags of fascia. Are they getting a lot of attention there? Not really. We need to go slower and deeper to reach the fascia. Go somewhere deep and sometimes intense and a little uncomfortable to unwind this sticky tissue. Which is why in yin, we get into a posture, find the edge of the stretch, and then stay there for a while. Muscles just don't relax because you say so. They guard, they protect. If we move into a posture too quickly or abruptly, the muscles may grip and tighten up. We need to pause, to breathe, get into it slowly. Let the muscle realize we're not here to hurt anyone. Give the muscle a chance to let go, release a little bit, and then we can start to work with the fascia, that deeper tissue. So I want to talk a little bit also about why yin is a challenge for most of us and why perhaps it's not as popular here in the West. And it has to do in general with the concept of yin and yang. We live in a very yang world, as we've mentioned. Very active, very fast-paced, glorifying busyness, lauding achievement, fascinated by movement and mobility. And as a culture, we are slightly less interested in resting up, staying still, waiting, being patient. We don't like lingering. And again, remember our constant need to fill the silence with noise, our need to scroll instead of breathe deeply, our need to be entertained and distracted in every possible moment, and our discomfort when we're not, which is why yin practices are so freaking challenging for most of us. We might get into a posture and start thinking, what am I doing here? Why am I in this pose? How long am I have to stay here? This is dumb. When our bodies slow down, The mind takes that as a cue to speed up, to fill in the blanks. 
This is why so many of us have trouble falling asleep. Surrounded by all of that silence, our minds are willing to do anything to keep up the noise. So if we want the yin-yang, if we want that balance, the equanimity, then we need both. We need mobility and groundedness. We need surface and depth. I'm going to lead us through a very simple grounding breath that can help us key in to the yin side of things. If a yin class is available to you at a studio or through private coaching, I recommend it. It's worth trying out and it's one of those things that I would try out maybe four or five times before you really decide if it's for you or not because it can be a challenge both physically and mentally. So you might meet some resistance, just like you meet resistance in the muscle and then you give it a minute and the muscle lets go, you're gonna meet resistance in the mind. So it might take a minute also for the mind to let go because we've been doing our fast-paced mental habits for years and years. So it, it takes time to slow things down. I do recommend you get into it, if you can, to try to find some balance. For now, I'll introduce this really brief and simple breath practice, and it can serve as maybe a very, very small introduction to slowing down. This is deep belly breathing. So often, we breathe only in the upper portion of the chest and lungs, and this practice gives us a chance to go a little bit deeper. Also, it's good to note anatomically, we're not really breathing into the belly, we breathe into the lungs. That's just, that's anatomy. We do, however, use the diaphragm to help with a complete breath. And that's a little bit lower, right? That's a little bit lower in the, towards the bottom of the lungs and lower in the belly. But sometimes if we focus too much on the belly, we're not really getting the full advantage of expanding the lungs in three dimensions. So sometimes if you're in a class and it's being led to breathe into the low belly, we may force the muscles of the belly in and out without really taking advantage of the breath. So wherever you are, start with your feet flat on the floor if you're standing or sitting in a chair. Or sit in any position where your lungs have room and you're not contracted. And yeah, you can do this laying down too. Place one hand on the upper chest under the collarbones and one under the rib cage. First, I'll describe what we're going to do and then I'll lead it. So for each breath, we'll follow these cues. Breathe in slowly through the nose, and the air going into your nose should move downward. So it comes into the nose, down the throat, and you'll feel your stomach rise. Don't force or push your abdominal muscles outward. Breathe normally. If it, the stomach doesn't rise, imagine it rising. Visualize that a little bit. And then the hand on your chest should be relatively still as your bottom hand rises and falls with the breath. And then on each exhale, let the belly relax. So the hand that's over your belly will fall inward, coming toward the spine. You don't have to force anything or pull the belly button in towards the spine unless you kind of just want to play with what that feels like. But for each breath, you just want to let it fall as you exhale through the mouth. Pursed lips helps slow the flow of air. So you'll exhale slowly through pursed lips. 
the hand on your chest should continue to remain pretty still. Okay, so we'll do that just a few times together. Breathing in through the nose, feeling the belly expand, exhaling through the mouth, feeling the belly fall. Let's begin. Inhale, inflate, exhale, let go. Inhale, belly rises, and exhale, belly falls. Inhale, rise, exhale, fall. Keep going and just feel the rhythm of the rise and fall of the low lungs and belly. See if you can become hypnotized by that motion. Keep breathing. If you want to add on here, try to extend the exhale. Make it longer than the inhale. Controlling the exhale like you're breathing out through a straw until it's complete. Inhale. Exhale, let it all go. A few more times like this. And release. Release control of the breath. Return your hands to your lap or to your sides. You can open your eyes if you've closed them. And again, just come back to your normal, natural breath and notice how you feel. Do you feel warm or cool, light or heavy? What are the qualities of your thoughts? Are they sharp and busy? Are they dull on the edges or slow? No judgment, just notice. And until next time, keep breathing and live to fight another day. Ba -da -ba -da -ba -da.